0: Welcome to The Application, the go-to how-to podcast for higher education marketers. I'm your host, Allison Tercio, Assistant Vice President of Enrollment and Marketing at Siena College. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, this podcast is packed with practical tips and actionable advice to help you elevate your marketing game. In each Snackable episode, we bring in experts to share their insights and experience on the topics that matter most to you. Got a question or idea you'd like us to cover? Email team at enrollify.org or reach out to me on Twitter or LinkedIn. The application is part of the Enrollify podcast network. And if you like this show, you'll definitely want to check out our other higher ed focused podcasts on admissions, tech, marketing, and more. They're packed with stories, ideas, and tools to help you be the best in your field. All right, it's time for the show. This episode is all about generating applications to your college or university. My guest is Julie Lessiter. Dr. Julie Lessiter has been at LSU Shreveport for 12 years, serving in several different roles. Currently, she's the Vice Chancellor of Strategic Initiatives and a faculty member in the Department of the Leadership Studies Program. Recently, Julie posted a graphic on LinkedIn showing an astonishing increase in applications year-over-year for LSU Shreveport. And so I'm just so excited to have you on and talk about this, Julie. Thank you for having me today. Before we dive into application generation, can you tell us a little bit about LSU Shreveport and the market you're operating in?
1: Absolutely. So LSU Shreveport is a regional institution, part of the LSU system. We're a four-year school that offers baccalaureate degrees, master's degrees and we have one doctoral program and we're really a bimodal type organization. We have a very strong presence in the online market um, particularly with our graduate professional degrees and so the majority of our students at our organization are in those online programs and we are trying to drive more enrollment in the face-to-face programs And primarily, our face-to-face programs are our undergraduate programs. And so traditionally, again, we're a commuter campus. We've just added that housing component. We have served students in our region. About a 70-mile radius is where the majority of our face-to-face students are from. Our online population, of course, is uh, nationwide and even international. And our goal is to try to increase that face-to-face population population. And go beyond our market area of that 70, mile radius. So, um, those are the things that have been driving us here at LSU Shreveport to take a really hard look at um, our strategy in terms of applications and enrollments.
0: And what are some of the challenges you face in expanding into those other markets and recruiting students from them? And, and of course, generating applications from them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we, we're seeing a dwindling population even locally here in uh, northwest Louisiana and we have probably five institutions of higher education. We have two community colleges in our town, another private four-year in our town. We're a public in our town. We have a school to the an hour to the south that's a public regional and a school four-year an hour to the east and so there's a lot of competition. We're all recruiting pretty much the same students in this market. And so how do we differentiate what we do versus the other institutions of higher education? And then just conveying the message outside of your market. Um, we don't have a very large recruitment team. We have two full-time uh, professional members on our recruitment staff. Um, and. You know, how do you activate them in the, in the best manner to make sure that you are out there talking to students? Um, where are you going? How do you know where to go? What's giving you the best ROI? And so that's some of the challenges that we had without having that data to know, you know, okay, we're, we're gonna send our recruiters. We only have two of them. We think this market's pretty good based on what we've seen in the past. But the the digital piece to that has really helped us with our strategy.
0: And why did you focus in on application generation as part of this strategy to expand? We talk about the
1: funnel all the time. And we've worked really hard on our metrics through the funnel to try to increase the percentage of students that we're moving through. We've done a lot of efficiencies, a lot of work, in our communication and our comflows flows with our CRM. So really it was a big effort to put more people at the top of the funnel. How do we communicate that message? How do we communicate our value proposition? And how do we communicate outside of our region who we are and what it is that we excel in and what we do for students? That's, that's our real focus is how we help our students get from college to career.
0: And none of that is easy work to tackle. I know from experience, and I know a lot of people listening right now know this from experience. So, how did you make this increase in applications that you're seeing happen?
1: You know, I I um, I'm so proud of the team. First of all, because everybody had to buy into the vision, and we've really hit it from a three-part um, perspective. We. Signed an MOU with our health science center. So everyone that comes to LSU Shreveport who meets certain requirements is guaranteed an interview into med school. So I think that is tremendously important. Uh, We got that message out. Um, We did a print campaign and a digital campaign and a billboard campaign of all things. We also really leaned in heavily to our careers campaign, and I'll talk a little bit about that later when we talk about who we targeted and why we picked that strategy. And we've also leaned in with the the digital. We did a lot of organic social media, and our numbers really weren't very high on that. If you track the data through to see how many interactions we had with our organic and then where students were going and so we took a leap of faith and said, "All right, we've we've been given um, some startup funds. Um, how do we best implement these to really have an impact?" And uh, digital was what you know. I was like, "This is this. We've got to meet the students where they are." Um, if you ever watch a bunch of uh, fifteen to eighteen year olds, they're glued to their phones. And so we we took uh, the, that three prong approach with increased print media, our billboard campaign, and then digital. So I think all three of those has helped. Um, Digital has definitely helped us in terms of our uh, brand awareness and market awareness beyond our um, direct market right here.
0: Well, it sounds like it was marketing, but program too, and the two things operating together.
1: Absolutely. We've, We've had a huge cyber campaign where we have really hit the entire state with our cyber digital ads to say, you know, LSU Shreveport is the place to go for cybersecurity education, reemphasized with our health initiatives through our MOU with our Health Science Center. So we've really taken those two strategies and blanketed the entire state with that type of messaging. So academic programming and then reemphasizing the importance and the value of coming to LSU Shreveport through those digital campaigns around those two areas.
0: And how did you know that those two areas, those two academic program areas would generate this kind of response?
1: Well, it's part of our strategic plan. So rolling up to our system strategic plan that, um, that has five very uh, definitive focus areas and uh, the two areas that we relate to within the five are cyber and health. So we really leaned into those areas and said, okay, we're going to plant the flag in the sand and say, we're the school that you need to come to if you're interested in careers in cyber and health. And uh, that has really helped focus us on our strategy.
0: So interesting to me, because I think one of the things that many schools struggle with is the idea of hanging your hat on specific programs rather than broadcasting about the university as a whole. Did you have any challenges in that balance?
1: Uh, Yes. And I I talk about this a lot in terms of strategy, because strategy allows you uh, to really focus on where you're going to put your additional dollars. Um, You know, you're going to fund everything at a baseline level. And I can talk more about how we did that with our careers campaign. But really, when you when you have some additional dollars um, and and that's where you're going to put your time and your resources to focus on that strategy, it really allows you to uh, work towards a specific goal. And I think, you know, for a lot of us um, in higher education, we are trying to be equitable to all of our programs, uh, which I think is very important. But, um, you know, if if you're trying to identify or create an identity for yourselves as an organization, you really do have to focus on what are the one or two areas that we're going to really excel in. Um, And, you know, it's not just one academic program. There's a slew of programs under cyber and under health that really are included, but that doesn't mean we ignore the other programs. It just means, you know, here's our additional funding and our additional resources, and we're going to put those efforts into those two areas.
0: Yeah, and rising tides can lift all boats, right? Absolutely. So have you seen, yeah. and by focusing in on these specific academic programs, have you seen impact across the institution and the programs offered?
1: You know, it's been really interesting to ca- compare the data in terms of applications by degree program. And um, again, we've, we've done two digital campaigns. One was a careers campaign and the second one was a cyber campaign. And the programs that have uh, risen to the top, of course, our biology program is at the top. Our computer science program is pretty close to the top. But we've seen some real gains in other areas, such as criminal justice. Um, And that, you know, we've really talked about the cyber aspect and AI and forensics and the the crossover between cyber forensics and biology into into a criminal justice program and That has been a surprising result is the increase in applications in certain degree programs that you wouldn't think necessarily related to the campaign that you are running, but clearly has identified uh, well or resonated well with the students.
0: I want to quickly interrupt this conversation to invite you to join me at Element 451's Engage Summit on June 27th through 28th in Raleigh, North Carolina. When it comes to the student experience, we know that you want to be a trusted guide from recruiting to graduation. The Engage Summit by Element 451 brings the best minds in higher ed together to give you the strategy and tools to create a cohesive student experience from start to finish. Explore the latest technologies, increase your skill set, and gain insights into today's students so you can deliver the most personalized digital engagement experience every step of the way. This is not your standard EdTech user conference. This is a dynamic, inspiring, and empowering event for all higher ed marketers and admissions professionals. I'll be presenting at this event along with some of your favorite higher ed LinkedIn and Twitter follows. You can learn more about this event and register at engage.element451.com. Oh and get $50 off your registration when you use the discount code and rollify50 at checkout. See you there. Well, it's gotten the word out perhaps about the university via a program, but it but when they go and they look at the list of majors and programs, it might not be for the one they heard about on the billboard or saw, on the billboard or saw in the billboard or saw in the digital ad, but By promoting the cybersecurity program, you're perhaps piquing interest for the university as a whole.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting to look at the back end analytics of where students are going after they're clicking the ad. We have a landing page that's a learn more landing page. And then where where do they go from there? Um, And that's a really interesting um, set of data to look at, Mm -hmm. because, you know, traditionally in higher education, we're pushing people to come to campus for a tour or apply. That isn't initially, you know, we have a campus tour button um, on our landing page for these digital ads. That's not where our students are going. And, you know, to look at that and then to, to follow the student through the student's journey of where they're going on our website, perhaps it's very different than what we would think as you know, administrators about the order of operations that a student goes through in terms of thinking about an organization.
0: I want to come back to talk to you more about how you're using audience insights like that. But tell me, you've piqued my interest now. Tell me about this careers campaign. We have been
1: working with a third party that um, does our digital ads for us. And they've been fantastic. And the first meeting that we had with them, um, they said, "Okay, well, you know, we're going to push people through the funnel. And here's some things we think you should do. And I said, oh, that's really awesome. Uh, maybe down the line, we can do that. Here's what I really want to do. And I've done a lot of research on Gen Z and, you know, what they're looking for. And they're a very outcomes oriented group. And in higher education, we push people to, uh, you know, come to this school and be a this type of major. And we've started with the beginning of the journey instead of the end of the journey. So I wanted to reverse the narrative and start talking about Here's some careers, the outcome. And then here's the pathways, because there's generally more than one, that you can get to in order to be successful in this career. Um, you know, take for example, you want to be a social media um, analyst. Um, you know, you could go through a data analytics program, you could go through a mass communications program. And so instead of saying, come and be a mass communications major without explaining, because this is the career that you can get to, we very much reversed the narrative and said, well, here's the career. And then here's the various pathways that you can go to um, to get into that career. So we we ran 10 different ads um, all the way from cybersecurity specialists, um, data analysts, social media marketing um. Uh, public health uh, specialists, so so we covered all of the big buckets um, of cyber, health, business, education, um, and then folded in what traditionally would be the liberal arts and sciences um, into those uh, buckets as well. And it was fascinating to see the click-through rates and what resonated and where things were resonating. So healthcare, our healthcare ads were resonating in the southern part of the state and our cyber ads were resonating in the northern part of the state. And in the north, we, we do a lot of um, K-12 development with cyber and cybersecurity. And that's even part of a curriculum in our schools, in the K-12 schools. And it was interesting to see the effect of, even down to the zip code, that are doing uh, the cyber uh, curriculum. And so having that data insights to say, okay, well, we, we really know where these different career fields are resonating, then helped us follow up messaging to say more direct and targeted emails about our degree programs. Once we had figured out, okay, here's the careers, here's where people are interested in these careers. And then how do we use the data to then follow up with secondary strategies?
0: I love how in both examples you've shared, you're building upon a niche and becoming known for that. So here you are talking about specific careers, but in the process, I have to believe that you're becoming known as the place to go for career-oriented students.
1: I, I really hope hope so. You know, we talk about higher education, the value of higher education, and you know, for me. All of the things that we teach in higher ed are so that our students can be what I call successful in career and life. And so we're living in this digital economy. We're living in a creator economy. And so we're not just teaching the specific skills to be successful in a in a very narrow job because jobs and job skills are changing rapidly because of technology. And so what we're telling our students is come to us, we'll help prepare you to be successful in a career. We help you with the soft skills, the communication skills, the problem solving, the creativity, working together, teamwork, um, so that you will be successful throughout your career. And it's not that we're teaching you this very narrow skill set to be successful doing one thing. Uh, These are transferable skills that uh, really is the value of higher education. We could sit and teach ourselves how to do something on YouTube but we're a value add. We're teaching you all of the soft skills that you need to be successful and continue to be successful throughout your career long and life long after the long after you've left LSU Shreveport.
0: One of my dreams for higher ed is that we take soft skills and get everyone to understand that they are power skills.
1: Yes. <laughs> Boy, I think we could do a whole separate
0: podcast on that one. Of course, yes. You are mentioning so many types of data and insights that you're using. You really dove into understanding Gen Z. You are watching how they maneuver on your website. You're looking at your analytics from your digital ads. What information are you finding to be the most useful Useful in informing your next steps? You
1: know, for us specifically in our target market, we are able to narrow down where students are clicking on different ads. And in some cases, it's um, high schools that we traditionally haven't put on our top 10 list. And so being able to then follow up with a recruiter going into that school and saying, hey, we've we've seen there's an interest to the counselor. We'd love to have a session specifically tied around this career for your students. Um, you know that the the analytics side has really helped us be able to develop different strategies you know we we have the data that's important but then what we also need is the qualitative piece and so we're using the hard data what I call hard data and then sending in our people the human side of things to so then you know work with the students and collect the qualitative the soft data to be able to come back and and um make improvements and efficiencies and and really help these students perhaps who may never have thought about going to college or having a career before in these fields and exposing them to all these different things that they could do and really hopefully inspiring them that they too could have a career in, in x y or z and be successful and I, I i really think this increase in applications is because we've changed our messaging we've spoken to the generation that we're um, trying to bring to our organization. And then we've gone in with secondary strategies to help with the human touch to say, hey, we see, you know, there's a school in the South, an area that our analytics are really hitting uh, very hard on on a high school. And so we've then sent our, our recruiters down there. Tell us more. Tell us what you need to know. How can we help you? Here's our scholarships. All of the things that you would then do. So, it's been it's been a great blend of the hard data and the soft uh, human side um, to be successful.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you. You know, how do you know? This marketing strategy is connecting to generation of applications. But when you talked about how you were then sending with that human touch in the recruiter into a school to give a presentation, not on LSU Shreveport, but on a career that you know that community of students is interested in, you answered it right there for me. I think the way that you've connected those two things together is absolutely key. I have to believe that.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's. This has been such a great and exploratory year for us. And our our partner has really helped us. We've done a lot of different techniques, I would say. Uh, We've covered the gamut. We've done geofencing. We've done residential targeting. The company that we're working with has proprietary technology where they can actually target individual devices based on addresses and, you know, we are able to break out the data in what's been successful in the geofencing, what's been successful in the residential targeting and device targeting, so that we can then next year um, take all the data and then lean in to, okay, this has been most successful for us. These are the months when this campaign has worked best for us or this technique has worked best for us. So there's so many different strategies that we are pulling out of what we're currently doing as kind of a beta test and to be able to then implement um, and, and have a have a much more targeted uh, campaign next year based on the data that we're collecting this year.
0: So you're working with a partner that sounds like a really great partner on the digital advertising piece. What about when you're getting them into a communications flow where you really start Um, talking about how to apply, getting your application and that sort of thing. Are you doing that work in-house or do you have a partner for that as well? Well, you know, we we have a partner for that. And let me tell
1: you why. So we also track the analytics on how many people open our emails and uh, read our text messages. I don't know if there's just so much noise out there, but our click-through rates on our emails and our texts are nowhere near as high as on our digital ads. So, you know, traditionally in a comflow, flow, once you've dropped someone in, you have this set timing of when you send them information. And then, you know, as they apply and move through the funnel, uh, they drop into different comm flows. And so we've, you know, we've struggled to get people to turn in all the documents they need or, hey, we have a new student orientation, sign up for this. And so or, you know, here's our housing options now, please, you know, check them out. So we've also then, you know, we haven't stopped doing the Conflow. We're still doing the Conflow, but we are we're also doing digital ads to get people through the different stages. And again, when you can do residential targeting, it's not like you're doing a geofence where you're hoping that people are seeing this. You if if someone's in a particular portion of the funnel, you can do targeted messaging to that residence. So maybe hopefully, mom and dad see the ad too, right? Sign up for housing, um, and you know, trying to trying to find many different ways to communicate with our audience, and you know that that's incredibly important when you don't have a big budget, so you can't print mail everything, um, email, text message, and do digital, which. In an ideal world, you'd be doing all of those. Um, so how do you use your resources most wisely to be able to communicate the message that you're trying to communicate?
0: Sounds like one of your lessons learned here is the importance of the data integrity and so that you can do that very nuanced targeting and really be integrating your communications flow with the digital advertising.
1: Ab- absolutely. The ability to move through people through the funnel with the complement of the digital ads has really made a difference in what we're doing, not only in application generation, but then communication through that flow as well.
0: Any other lessons that you've learned by embarking on something new that you can share with the rest of us?
1: The digital ads that we did, the the 10, we didn't do all 10 together. We did them sequentially. And so... We weren't 100 percent. We we didn't see all of them together. And one of the benefits that came out of that, which weren't intentional, is that we had the majority of the ads were minority student based. And so our applications from minority students has also increased about 35 percent as well. Because they feel seen. They, they, feel they, they feel
0: represented yeah. right. in, represented in your marketing. Right. great. Absolutely. And
1: I, I really attribute that. It wasn't something that we that we set out and intended to do. We, yeah. you know we, we would have had the diversity, all the different types of folks that we're recruiting here, yeah. but it was far more slanted towards underrepresented groups. And we have seen that increase in applications. Um, that's the highest group that we've seen an increase in applications from. And I think it is because they were they felt like they were seen, they felt like they were represented, and they felt perhaps, oh, I, I could do a career there. I, I believe that I can do this. And, you know, I think that that has really resonated for us looking at the results of our campaigns as well. I'd also say think outside the box. Because students are, there's so much noise in the marketplace. Students are applying to more schools now than they ever have been. And so if you're sending the same message that everyone else is, it's not cutting through the noise. And so, you know, we took a we took a bold step and changed the message and changed the way we communicated and not the traditional, don't forget to apply, don't forget to send your FAFSA in, don't forget to do this, and really reverse the narrative. And I think we're seeing the dividends from that.
0: It's so brave. And it's also very brave to not feel like you have to say everything about your college or university and every message that you send out, that you let yourself focus in on what you knew was going to resonate with your audience.
1: Yes, we we have to be accepting of failure if we can fail forward, if we make a mistake. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like we're in that age where Innovation is important. If you're not doing it, someone else will step into that space. And so, you know, it's it's great to have a team that supported the vision and said, "Okay, we're going to we're going to run with this. It may not work, but we're going to let it roll and see see how it does.
0: I could talk about this for hours. I know a lot of people listening right now are in similar positions, they're in a very competitive marketplace, you might even call it a hostile marketplace, and they're not generating the applications they need to fill their class. So after listening to this podcast, what's their first move? What should they do?
1: I would take a look at the data that you have available to you now. There's so much data out there and I don't know that we're always using it. Like who is coming to your website? How are they getting there? How are your campaigns doing? What events or what marketing are you doing that's giving you the greatest ROI? And if you're not tracking that, you should be. First thing you need to do is look at the data. And if you don't have that data, then you need to... The first thing to do is start collecting that that data. (laughs) data. Right. Because you can't build strategy if you're just shooting in the dark. And this is something that I preach all the time with our team. and, And I'm sure... They would say, if you ask them one thing, what what is it about uh, Julie Lasseter? It's always go back and look at the data. And if we're not collecting data, we need to be collecting data. And and that's the first step. And the data can only tell you so much. And then you have to have that, what we call soft data, um, the thick data from the qualitative side, from the human side. But but you can't build strategy on anecdotes. So if I'm to say step one, that, that would be number one that you should do.
0: All right. There you have it, everyone. Go look at your data. <laughs> I know you're all collecting it. It's just a matter of what data do you have available to help you answer this particular question. So get in there. Julie, thank you so much for joining me.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I love telling the story and uh, would would love to communicate with my colleagues about brainstorming more innovative messaging. I I, I love trying to help people and listen and learn from others.
0: Awesome. And I'm connected to Julian on LinkedIn. So it's a great place to start if you'd like to learn more about the great things that they're doing at LSU Shreveport. And thank you everyone for tuning in. If you found this information valuable, please subscribe to the podcast and share this episode with a friend or colleague who will also find it useful. Hey all, Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify podcast network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org.